welcome to the Circles and Squares News Report for Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022, part of the Circles and Squares podcast experience. Thank God I didn't say July. I'm James and that's Katie. And uh, man, I'm so glad, Kate, it's a little bit cooler here today because it has been hot as hell the last few days. Yeah, we've had like, what, like mid-30s? Like, man, I got a tattoo yesterday and holy fuck. We were coming back from, from like downtown, like an hour train ride. We were sitting on the train and it was like no air conditioning, just sweltering. And I'm like sitting there like the blood loss from the tattoo <laughs> and the heat. And like I hadn't eaten properly and I was just like, I'm, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's all but worth it though. It, it's it all worth great. it. great. We're here today. It does <laughs> Everything's look good. Yeah. good. <laughs> this is great. This is great. Yes, we're a, we're a day late getting the recording out, but it has been a long weekend here. We've been hanging out. <clears throat> We've been chilling. So uh, day late, but you know what? It's all good. And uh, that's how we're going to do it. But first, before we talk about any news, I need to let you know something because I am officially a god amongst men. Um, I have completed Monster Train with every deck combination possible um excluding the dlc deck i guess but yeah i beat it last night i had two decks to go i'd save my favorite combination for last i feel like a million bucks right now having that little sheet filled out it shows me all the different combinations oh. colored in so sad yeah the little dopamine sheet you get to look at every time like that might be the best feature in monster Dream. <laughs> <laughs> took a screenshot of that and every time i turn my xbox on now i'm just gonna go into my media turn look at the screenshots <laughs> make myself feel good you've had a bad day just like get home like oh what, what was the combination you saved? Um, so my favorite combination with, was um, using the Umbra. So I guess like for people that haven't played, it's like they're the ones with the little mar the morsels. So you can like feed their units essentially to other units and make them stronger and give them buffs and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I played um, them plus the hell or the the plant guys. The I forget oh, what they're called like, now. But that yeah. was just, it was so broken because the plant guys just have these big like defensive like thorny plants with spikes on the front so whenever they get attacked they like damage the opponent and i just like stuck those guys at the front of the lane and then fed them a bunch of stuff and made them so strong and like impervious to damage like it was just so fun what a time combination the umbra is maybe my favorite as well they're so cool yeah they're great but anyway uh get on my level monster train players let me know if you've uh, also completed this feat and uh <laughs> join the exclusive club with me um but Kate, we're here to talk about video game news today, of course. <clears throat> and we have a few stories, of course, starting with PlayStation news. Uh, second half of the show is some out-of-town stuff, including an Annapurna showcase that came up. And as people who listen to the show know, uh, we love Annapurna and we're excited to, mm -hmm. to see what they have. And then uh, closing the show out, of course, with a funny story to end it all off. Um, yeah, and just uh, one last thing for housekeeping is that we are now a show you can subscribe to. Um, on Anchor and Spotify. So if you want to do that, it only costs you 99 cents for the month um, and all proceeds raised for the rest of the year will be going to prochoice.org slash donate um, to support women's right to choose in the United States because um, it's an important cause and we'd love to support it. So please uh, check that out if you have the means and thank you to everyone who does subscribe because we have a couple um, new subscribers from last time as well. So thank you very much to everyone who supports us. Um, Kate, let's talk about the news. Our first story today, of course, PS Plus for August 2022. And can you believe it, people? Can you believe it? Here are the games we have for August. Kate, I'll save the best for last. Number one, we have Little Nightmares. Number two, 
Yakuza Like a Dragon, a great, great RPG that I would strongly suggest everyone play. And finally, the big daddy itself, Kate, here you are, <laughs> just for you, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 for PS4, PS5. Praise be among us, Kate. How happy are you about this selection? I've got to say, I've never been more disgusted in my entire life. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, this is wonderful. Um... Yakuza Like a Dragon and Little Nightmares are both games that have been on my list for quite some time. So I'm excited to now have Yakuza in one place and Little Nightmares in now three places. And I still have <laughs> three <it>. places. <laughs> um, so they, they kind of are at least making up for the hellscape that is Tony Hawk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll see. Maybe if I'm if I'm feeling and it, like I'm a good sport. Maybe I'll have a couple drinks and try to get through a couple hours of Tony Hawk and see if he can change my mind. But Tony, you're out there, man. <laughs> just, Look, just this is an obligation. This is a gift from the heavens that you need to play <laughs> Tony Hawk Pro Skater. The amount of the discussion we could have on this show about that game, if we even played a couple hours, would be amazing. Like, this is non-negotiable. It must be done. You know what? You say it's from the heavens, but it's true. It's like any kind of Greek prophecy or like mythological prophecy. It's always like, oh, you know, this thing will happen. And then it always happens in like the most unexpected and worst way possible that you just could never like have circumvented. And that's Tony Hawk for me. It's like it's all led up to this horrible moment of of fate rearing its ugly head at me and making me play Tony Hawk. <laughs> Oh my God. But look, there's more. It, it, they've got a little write-up here on the PlayStation blog about mm -hmm. Tony Hawk. And it says, you can skate to songs from era-defining soundtrack along with new music, hit insane combos, and shred all the original game modes going to head with two-player local multiplayer, Kate. You could come over to my house. We could play local multiplayer. You can play as skaters from the original roster, including Tony Hawk, Kareem Campbell, Bucky Lasik, and more. Or there's also new skaters from the Olympics. It's just endless fun, Kate. You got to do it. <clears throat> um, <laughs> in all seriousness, no, like this is a great month for PS Plus. Like, you know, people love Tony Hawk. Yakuza Like a Dragon. Like I played that game last year when I first got my Xbox. And it was like the first game I played on Game Pass. And like, I love that game. It's a great RPG. It's like an amazing evolution of the Yakuza franchise. And Little Nightmares, you've not checked it out yet. But I actually did play that last year as well. And like, it's it's a genuinely kind of like creepy little... Uh, you know, four or five hour experience, like very off-putting in certain places, very grotesque. It's a great it's, time. Is it, is it the same um, developers that made Limbo? Is no, that... it's not. I don't believe it's not so. Okay. No, it's not. It's 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 sort of like a Limbo type of game, I guess, but it's not 2D. Yeah. Like it, it's more of like a 3D sort of environment that you're in. So, but similar sort of vibes to that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Great month. Anyway. PS Plus, um, we'll definitely be talking Tony Hawk Pro Skater, though. I can promise you that because at very least I'm going to play it <laughs> just to make you have to listen uh, about <laughs> about it, if nothing else. I, I equally hate and respect that. <laughs> cool. All right, let's move to our next story, which is uh, an interesting update on PSVR 2, something that we, we hear about in the news, you know, every couple of months, although we still don't have a release date, you know, they're kind of drip feeding us information just to be like, you know, hey guys, don't forget, we got a PSVR 2 coming, like, let's, let's put this in your mind. Yeah. Don't buy the Oculus, because it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, interestingly enough, like the MetaQuest, I don't know if you heard about this, and this is an aside, but like that other headset, it actually got a price increase. 
which oh, is very they? rare. Like they, they're charging like a hundred bucks extra for it as of, I think like next month. So I don't know why they would like, that seems I mean, weird, right? To increase the price of a product. Yeah. But anyway, that maybe that'll make PSVR two more appealing when it, when it does get a release date. But anyway, we have an update on the PSVR two from the PlayStation blog, just with a few little, um, you know, updates on on some of the features of the the um the unit so um the first thing they mention on the on the list here is it has a see-through view now where you can i guess use front mounted cameras on the device to sort of see th through it while you're playing so you, if you need to see what you know what's going on around you um that's a really big update i know that's not new to vr headsets but i think it's something that is like it's like really necessary because it's uh you know it, it can be disorienting, I think, to be in VR for a long time and like not know what's going on around you. Huge quality of life because like get making sure the headset's on properly and fitting is important. And if you need to look at like you need to check your phone or you need like, you know, someone's in the room with you and like you need to look at something or even just like see where you are because you're moving around and like you don't want to run into something. It is such a quality of life to just be able to to quickly look instead of having to like fiddle with the headset on and then off and then like readjust everything and it's just mm -hmm. it, and it's like it's such a simple feature but it is actually so useful when you're using the headset yeah it is <laughs> i've got to laugh though like the the pictures on here for anyone who's who's read the blog post like the i guess the front camera is not it's not like a color camera i guess it's in grayscale so mm -hmm. that's fine but like the the image they have sort of the person reaching for their controller it just has like that that same tone as like those funny infomercials where <laughs> where like you know someone's trying to put the lid on their tupperware but they just can't seem to do it <laughs> they're like all sad about it really it. Does. or like there's that guy who's like trying to eat popcorn he's like the fucking most comical oh. massive bowl of popcorn he like reaches for his drink and like oh no and yeah spills like, it all over so himself yeah <laughs> it really does have that energy <laughs> it's it's good uh moving along we have also uh, you can broadcast yourself while you're playing now so i guess for anyone that for some reason bought the ps5 hd camera that you can you can um you know green screen yourself onto your experience i think that's kind of cool for streamers and stuff but it's pretty niche when you when you think about i guess like the use case of that kind of cool though and then um, another thing that's, that's not new again to VR, but I think is a really big quality of life thing is the customized play area. So um, you can sort of use the technology built in, map out your room, you know, make sure that, oh, there's some delicate china over there in the corner, of course, and I need to make sure that I don't smash into it. So got to set the radius of my play area and all that. And um, I mean, the screenshots they have look pretty cool. I wonder if that's how that looks when you actually do it in the, in the, with the PSVR. I mean, it looks because it's in the same grayscale as using like the camera mode, right? That's true. So I think you just do that and you sort of get to like, you, you start with probably like a big square and then you sort of get to like move it in in various places. Like they've got it sort of bent around a stool and a couch and stuff like that. So that's big because often a lot of VR games will tell you when you're going out of bounds. And so being able to set where those bounds are yourself instead of just like a generic cube around you that may or may not be accurate. Mm -hmm. is really helpful yeah i think it's i mean that's it's just so necessary right because mm -hmm. i mean if you're playing vr at home it's not like we like we've been to the vrcade before the, the vrcade you're in this this square room there's nothing in it your cord is like suspended from the roof so you like literally can't get tangled up and like get all screwed up in it whereas when you're at home like you need this technology otherwise you're gonna like destroy your living room and punch through your tv or something like <laughs> that so so it is what it is um 
last thing that they announced on this article too is there's a new VR cinematic mode, which I guess is how you can sit in your VR headset and watch media on a virtual cinema screen. So basically you can sit yourself down in front of a giant movie screen and watch like giant HD movies, but in VR. And so, I mean, that sounds like the, to me, this sounds like the kind of thing that when I get my PSVR 2, I'll probably do this right away, watch like, you know, one TV show and then never do it again. But I don't know. The Oculus that I've tried out, I haven't tried this mode, but my friend who has it, he tried it because just, just more mostly out of curiosity, right? And he watched it, but you can actually join like lobbies so other people are there. And he said it was the most awkward experience because like you're sort of sitting with people, but you can't really talk to them. So he's like watching the movie. So the movie, like it's really cool, especially if you pick something very like, very visual, like like a really like visually pleasing movie. But then like he kind of be watching it and then you sort of look over and there's just some like random person's avatar also sitting there. <laughs> He's like, it's so weird because you're by yourself, but you're not. Yeah, it's like and a weird parasocial experiment type of yeah. thing. Yeah, they said it was just kind of, it was, it was kind of neat, but like definitely wouldn't do it. But like, it's kind of cool. And I could see like, you know, maybe if like a couple friends had this and, and you all like joined in the same room together and are like, hey, let's, let's watch, you know, Morbius together and you go in your VR set and it's Morbin time with all your buddies. <laughs> you just you just send a message to the group chat. It's just it's Morbin time and everyone it's logs weird. into their VR headset and like fuck I know yeah. what that means. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, I mean it's not the most shocking or exciting I guess set of updates, but I mean um, it's nice to see some more about PSVR two. I hope it comes out soon. When when do you predict? If you had to guess, when do you think we're gonna get PSVR two at this point? But I have no idea i i guarantee it was gonna it's been delayed like which it was just fine right they never gave it an written initial date so you can delay it as much as you want because it's not technically a delay then it's just you know mm -hmm. extended period but i i would have thought maybe they would have wanted it to come out like this winter but maybe early next year is more reasonable yeah i was thinking summer next year i, I feel like i don't know i just feel like it's the kind of thing where it needs to be real like talked about in terms of like a release far enough in advance right like i don't think we have enough time now for them to get it out for christmas <clears throat> unless no, it like unless they had a state of play like next week or something no but. i don't think so i think christmas might have been like the original plan and then that's just been pushed back to 2023 yeah, yeah. i could i could see it being like you know the they have a state of play like early the first state of play next year they sort of announce it and then it comes out like you know april mm -hmm. or may or something next year um mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm on board though, man. I'm I'm excited for PSVR too. Very excited. How to get Beat Saber? <laughs> I, it's gonna be. I'm gonna tell you right now. It's gonna be the cinematic mode. It's gonna be uh, just for one movie or whatever. Then it's gonna be Beat Saber and Iron Man VR, and I can't wait. And Astro's yeah. Rescue Mission, of course. Those are the three. Yeah, can't yeah, wait. Can't wait. I'm coming over. <laughs> <laughs> um. <clears throat> so last last bit of news for the PlayStation side of stuff. We have um, a new Backbone version, which is the PlayStation edition, and it's officially licensed. So I guess for those of you that um, may not have heard of Backbone, they're a company that does um, sort of controller handles for your phone. Um, so you actually, it's like a little controller, sort of like a pair of Joy-Cons actually, but you can slide your phone in the middle instead of your Switch. Uh, your Switch. And you actually have a controller for your phone. So it's really good for people that like, I mean, the certain mobile games that have phone attachments, you can play stuff like Genshin, obviously. But more importantly, there's also like, you know, remote play games for, um, you know, on PlayStation and Xbox these days, too. And, and stuff like, you know, Steam and all that. But but um, so this is basically, I guess, really good for people. If you remote play your PlayStation often, you can actually have like the proper buttons and everything. 
Um, really sleek device. I don't think it actually is any different like functionality-wise than a regular Backbone controller. It just sort of has the PlayStation look and branding. But hey, it looks really nice, and, and um, I'm sure people will be happy to pick this up. Um, I don't know if it says in the article, but I wonder if it has the like adaptive triggers and stuff. I don't I don't feel like it well. does because it's mm -hmm. no I don't believe it's any uh any more expensive than a regular backbone right so I don't think they put like that technology in it unfortunately okay that's that's too bad but maybe they're just not capable or there's not enough room on them and yeah well mm -hmm, mm -hmm. unfortunately but it's, it's a cool idea like I just I don't think I'm the kind of gamer that would get something like this because I just don't remote play enough to justify it but it's definitely a great option especially for people who are on the go or just you know if you want to sit in bed and play some ghost of tsushima like why the hell not yeah exactly <laughs> I, I honestly think this looks really cool like if if yeah. i was in a situation i totally see myself getting something like this in the future but the problem mm -hmm. is, is that like my wi-fi is not good enough for remote play like i don't have a super high-end phone and i'm not like playing a bunch of shit on it that's like of that level but I can mm -hmm. see myself in like, you know, five, 10 years or whatever, once we get like past that threshold of technology where it's like, it is just that easy. Like mm -hmm. why the hell not would I want to, why would I not want to play like, you know, the next Uncharted game whenever that comes out in like 10 years and the Wi-Fi is good enough. Like I'm playing on my PlayStation and then I just want to go to bed and continue going. Like this looks <laughs> like a great option, honestly. Mm -hmm. You know and what then though? you never sleep again. <laughs> and then you never sleep again. It just reminds me though, like why, look at this. This could be the Vita too, Kate. We could have another Vita. Have this another is Vita. what it could be like. It's amazing to think about that reality. I hope one day we do get that. But you know, this is the kind of thing that just shows me that we probably won't get a Vita too. because why design a new system when you can just get remote play even better and like use your phone and have a controller like this? Exactly. Don't don't you guys all have phones, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But you yeah, kids exactly. all have phones, right? All phones, um, but yeah, exactly. You just plug this in, you're good to go. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool. And it does look, it does look sleek. Like it's the dual sense is a very pretty controller. It's, it's hell. I think it has the same buttons as the dual sense at least, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, it's cool stuff. Um, pick one up if you want. Speaking of picking up stuff that we want, uh, there might be a few games in this Annapurna showcase that are things that we want to buy. Um, let's talk about it. So Annapurna did a showcase last week. Um, they announced a bunch of new games. There's actually more in here than I thought. It was like a pretty large showcase unfortunately didn't watch it live and i know you didn't get a chance to either but uh, we have a whole write-up here from polygon about everything that was announced so i don't know do you want to go through everything or do you want to take turns picking out stuff that stood out so i think it's a pretty robust like there's a few things that were just kind of like develop more like intimate with the developers talking about stuff that wasn't really we didn't get a huge look at the games mm -hmm. um but we did actually see quite a bit of stuff and it starts out with a funny one and i i went through and i watched all these trailers yeah. after the fact and this first one is so interesting, but it cracked me up because it's Thirsty Suitors. And this is just a wild game. Like you just go look up the trailer if, if you haven't seen it because hard to explain. It's kind of like a very narrative driven game where you go back to your hometown and you're like reconnecting with your family and like previous like lovers and people. It's like the know. standard Annapurna story, really. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like um, what's that movie with uh, Michael Sarah? Oh, it, like, you're thinking of um, oh, uh, the Ark Scott Pilgrim, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of Scott Pilgrim sort of energy, but it's um, it just looks so funny. You do like turn-based combat to like 
fight your like high school boyfriend or whatever it is and then through it you kind of like get through whatever issues you have like you forgive each other and you're like yeah maybe I was a little bit clingy and like you know maybe (laughs) maybe I wasn't sensitive to your feelings and but it's all done in this like really over the top wacky turn-based combat with like a thirst attack and like you're hitting their like weak points of their insecurities (laughs) like I just think it looks like a ton of it looks like one of those games where one minute you're just laughing and having a ridiculous time and then five minutes later you're having a really emotional theme that you're connecting with about like you know dealing with previous relationships and then like moving on from stages of your life and it it looks neat <laughs> it does yeah and it is coming to game pass too which is great mm-hmm. um there's actually a demo available on steam right now too but yeah thirsty suitors was was one of the ones i wanted to bring up too it just looks yeah. so ridiculous yeah. And now I will say, from everything we've described about Thirsty Suitors, what is the last thing you think would be included in the game? Mm. A skating mini game. That's right. <laughs> and so you're doing all this, you know, you're reconnecting with your mom who's like got really traditional values that you don't necessarily want to like agree with, but you still respect her. And like, you know, there's all this stuff going on. And then you're like, I'm going to take a break and go to the skate park and do like, 52 skate combos and like it's Tony Hawk all of a sudden and I was so on board with this game and I think I still want to play it but like why why does it need skating it's the year of skateboarding Kate it's just it's the year we got the skate has been announced to be coming back we got Tony Hawk remaster we got thirsty suitors we got roller drome it's all the skating games coming out bird one the skate bird yeah Um, just really Oh, yeah, I'm I'm really down to play this too. I think it's like it's a great match of like an Annapurna style story, you know, about that reconnecting, going home type of thing. It's it's got an interesting visual style, and for me, it's like as a few huge fan of like JRPGs and art, like turn-based combat. Like this game has that kind of system. Like you have the HP and MP bars, you've got your moves, your your move mm-hmm. list, and all that, and you also have like the the quick time attack activities, like in like a Paper Mario style thing where. I like there's one there's one part in the trailer where your character is like using lightsabers or something and you have to like, you know, time your button press to do extra damage. Um, yeah, it, it just looks great. I hope it doesn't lean too far into, you know, that kind of zany humor, like more than it needs to. But um, yeah, very excited to check this out, on uh, especially on Game Pass, which would be great. Um, I wanted to bring up Bounty Star, the morose tale of Graveyard Clem, because... This looks very interesting. It's like a a Western game. Now it does have base building, which is one thing that I know we always say is not our favorite thing. But if you can get past the skateboarding in uh, in uh, uh, Thirsty Suitors, then I can get past the base building in in this game because it's like a Western style mech combat game. Uh, Very different. We were saying that last one is like very uh stereotypical Annapurna and it's like premise but this one is not like this is a shooter <laughs> and typically mm-hmm. Annapurna doesn't have a lot of like action shooting kind of games but you kind of build a base you're you're sort of farming and building up your um little settlement I guess and then you have this just kind of <laughs> wild looking mech combat to go along with it uh I, I'm looking forward to that looks fun yeah the soundtrack look is going to be good too I think it's just just kind of like a fun game overall mm-hmm um, it does look good. Uh, the other game I want to shout out is Forever Ago. And okay. so this one, and I, I love, my favorite thing about these Annapurna 
um, commercials that they do is like, it's so focused on the developers as well. Like they get them on screen, they get them talking about like what inspired them to make the game. And it's a German studio called Third Shift. Um, but it was inspired by a road trip that one of them took through America. And so the game kind of follows the similar road trip and he's even got like pictures of it. And it's like, they've kind of recreated some of the places that he went to in game, but instead of it being a, a nice, uh, you know, youngish German man, it's, it's about this old gentleman who's on this trip and he's kind of documenting it. And again, it's, that's such a very Annapurna idea and it's going to be, I'm sure, very emotional. I'm sure he'll reflect on his life as he's taking this journey, but there's just something about it when it's an elderly man. And I don't know why it is because I'm very much not an elderly man, <laughs> but there's something about it where when that is the main character, I'm a hundred percent like on board. Like, I don't know what it is, but I just feel like I'm going to cry immediately when I start playing this game. And I just want to see this man's journey as he like reflects on his life walking in the like deserts of, of America. <laughs> the deserts of America. It's so weird. I don't know what it is. Like I bought this book recently called um something about Ove. Like it's a, a man named Ove or something like that. And it's again about like an old man and he just sort of like in like the last bit of his life just decides he's gonna walk across the countryside and just like, you know, kind of take it all in and reflect. And it's like, holy shit, like you just cry the whole time. <laughs> and I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. I know. I agree with you, though. It, it is interesting. And like, usually the I mean, like I just played Lake earlier in the year. And it's like, it's usually a younger person who's kind of trying to find themselves along the way and getting mm -hmm. advice. Like you don't often get that perspective of like someone who is very experienced, sort of reminiscing about their life and looking mm -hmm. retrospectively. And so that is really interesting for this too. And like the visuals are super nice. I, I really like the way he's kind of got his little camper van, you know, they've got that one scene mm -hmm. during the trailer where he's sort of out, like you say, in the desert and he just has that campfire that's, and he's really just in the middle of nowhere. And, yeah, you know, and he's alone. Like he's just, he's alone, but it's not lonely. It's a very like just introspective kind of game, I guess. Yeah. And you say it's based off of real, a real life event. I didn't know that. That's even mm -hmm. more interesting. That's cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I would like to play that as well. Um, I would like to point out I've, now for those of you that have watched the original Jurassic Park. <laughs> now, yeah. everybody has a lot of well, I shouldn't say everybody because I'm the classic person that hasn't seen like half the movies that everyone just assumes you'll have seen. But Jurassic Park, pretty well known movie, right? And I wouldn't say Jurassic Park is super, super scary. You know, it's got it's got some scary moments to it. But it's I wouldn't say it's like a horror movie first. It's kind of just like a, you know, it's got a it's, little it's, bit of everything. It's got a lot of tension in it. It has tension. And speaking of tension and the the scary parts of Jurassic Park, this game, The Lost Wild, is uh, coming out from Great Apes. Um, and this game looks scary as fuck to me. It's basically like the parts of the game where the dinosaurs are hunting you or looking around and you're trying to hide. And you're in this, you're on this island, you're kind of looking around. I think it's... I don't know if it's a survival game as much as it's kind of like a, it is a survival game. Yeah, that's the that's the only thing. But I mean, some of these little scenes where you're like, you know, there's a raptor coming right by you and you're just kind of crouching behind, um, you know, like a log basically being like, oh, my God, please don't find me. <laughs> like, this is all I can do. And then you're, you know, you're exploring in the in the jungle. But there's, you know, you, you in the trailer, at least they happen upon, I guess, what it would be a research base. And you're obviously exploring that and 
maybe piecing some mysteries together in terms of data you find in there, different notes, and like, I don't know if there's anyone else that's sort of survived, but it just seems like a very intriguing world to me. And the fact that it so reminds me so hard of that original sort of Jurassic Park setup, um, I'm, I'm just all in on this game. I think this is the standout of the show for me personally. Absolutely. I think this is a game that I don't want to play by myself, but I really want to get my friends together on the couch and like pass off the controller. <laughs> Um, yeah. it looks so good. And I got a shout out to like, I watched this, tra- like, I watched this trailer, it, st- it ended, and then I restarted it again and watched it a second time because it just looks so good. Like the model, like everything's nice. Like I, but like, there's something about the, the way they lit the forest that you're in. Yeah, it's got that steam, that like s- the kind of steam around so, it. Yeah. Like it looks so misty and steamy, but like, it's not compromising the clarity but it just looks like such a like mystical kind of place like dinosaurs really could exist here and i'm sure there's going to be some jurassic parks sort of you know you know they were brought back to life or something because you are finding those like research notes and things but it just looks so convincing the the setting alone and then of course the dinosaurs look amazing and it it just looks like it will just be tense and I don't know. I'm I like horror games and in kind of like those tense games, but like I'm kind of ready for it to be dinosaurs instead of like a horrific monster for the yeah. time. It's it's funny to me like how infrequently dinosaurs are used in games. Like we you think of games like Turok, right? And the, the whole thing of that is like you're hunting dinosaurs. And I know there's been like you know other ones like there's that arc what's that 4v1 game where someone controls a dinosaur or something, but mm-hmm. I mean there by and large there's like not a lot of games that are focused on them i think you get a lot of like fantasy versions of them like you get a lot of like dragons and drakes that's not a dinosaur stuff like that but it's like dude you don't always need the fantasy version of it like dinosaurs are insanely like amazing creatures to begin with like (laughs) they don't need any modification just give me a fucking stegosaurus or like the funny one with the like the like egg on its head and i'm in (laughs) (laughs) the egg on its head yeah, I hope I hope that funny dinosaur shows up in this game just to give a bit of comic relief. So you're like, oh my god, I'm being stalked. Oh, it just is the one with the egg on its head. <laughs> oh, it's fine. <laughs> well, I think also there's like some levity moments, right? Because like there's a part in the trailer where he's walking and there's just some like herbivores just like chilling in a lake and he kind of just walks by them. So I think there's going to be moments of, of kind of beauty as well because not all dinosaurs are going to try to eat you. But the problem is, is that the ones that will try to eat you are very capable and you are just a puny little human. <laughs> yeah, well, at the end of the trailer, I mean, you're, it's kind of dark out. There's a couple, it looks like they're raptors. Or, I mean, I'm not a dinosaur expert. They, they're some kind of like vicious dinosaur and you're just trying to fight them off with, I guess, a flare. And like that doesn't look like it's going to go super well. I think um, those are T-Rexes and, and that's a problem. I think they're too that's small for T-Rex, no? I think they're too big for raptors, though. Well, someone's going to have to write into us and let us know. Like someone with more dinosaur knowledge than <laughs> He's than really embarrassed. We're going to be like, um, I'm sorry. Those are those are long necks. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Whoopsie daisy. <laughs> oh man. Um, anything else that stood out to you, Kate? I got a couple other quick shout outs. Yeah, um, I've, I've got a quick shout out, and it's just like the classic Annapurna game. But there's a game called Hindsight uh that was up here and it's the developers that did prune which is a game i'm not familiar with um but i looked up after it also looks interesting but 
it's just like it seems like maybe you've lost someone is the premise of the game and your character's kind of like you know like getting rid of some of the stuff in the house so whether that's like you know their old clothes or just all the you know things that you accumulate over time and they're kind of looking back on those memories of the time they spent with that person but also kind of like looking forward as in like what what am I going to do now and it's just it's such a simple setup and they didn't give tons of details like who it was I don't know if it was your spouse or if it was like you know a family member or like just a really close loved one but it's just one of those games where I think it's it's so it's such a relatable concept and I I just if you want to have a cry I think you sit down and you play this game (laughs) um but it's just I love games like this because I know everyone's always like oh those indie games are all about like the same thing and like you know we're so oversaturated with them but at the same time like these are really tough concepts and really tough emotional things that you do you will inevitably go through in life and I think being able to experience it alongside a game is there's something really cathartic about that where it, it just kind of helps you heal at the same time as you know enjoying watching someone else's experience and so I don't think we can ever have too many of them and hindsight looks like it it might be a really interesting take on that kind of a game I agree with you it the, when I watched the trailer for this one <clears throat> it really reminded me of something like Florence where mm-hmm. you know it's the same kind of idea in Florence you're going through and sort of reliving the stages of a relationship through like to meeting the person to like when it ends right and I mean, this game, it's coming to iOS, Switch, and it just, the even coming to mobile makes me think it's going to be sort of a Florence-esque experience. Of course, that's Annapurna as well. And that game was, I don't know if I've ever felt as emotional as I have playing Florence, uh, playing a game, I mean. <laughs> Obviously, in real life, I felt more emotional. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, this definitely, like, has that level of like potential to me as well and i i also want to shout out like i really like the way the visuals work in this game too they have sort of these masks that are like on your screen and it almost like you you do something to interact with and it and it opens up like an image in the middle of the screen or like in a different part and then you kind of zoom past the the color that you're looking at and and into like another scene and i don't know if that's just how the trailers kind of cut but if the game sort of moves around like that and and has those kind of visual interesting transitions as you're going from like one part of that person's life to like another memory or something. Um, it just it just looks like a really um, yeah. solid package. That, that's a really interesting like stylistic decision, but it's also a really nice parallel to like, that's how your thought pattern works in life, right? Like mm-hmm. one of the ones is like looking at a flower and then it zooms out through the flower to like another scene of, of someone else in a, like outside in a garden. And it's like, that's what works, especially when you're grieving, right? It's like you go outside and you see a flower and it reminds you of that person in some way. And then all of a sudden you're thinking about a time where, you know, they, they had the flowers always sitting in their kitchen or something. Right. And like that, that kind of is like that disconnection is kind of how, the, the brain works sometimes like you just sort of get lost in in thought in that same way so i could see that being a neat parallel or at the very least it's just a nice art style <laughs> or art direction yeah yeah definitely i think i think it just comes down to like games like that it comes down to how well they can get you invested in that character's emotions because it's so easy to think of that example in your own life where something similar has mm-hmm. happened to you and you can instantly feel that emotion of like of, of loss but then for the game like they really got to make you um care about the character and like show you why that relationship was so important to make you have that same emotional reaction as you would have kind of 
in your own personal experience. And so, like, that's what Florence did so well for me. And uh, and I'm hoping this game is, uh, you know, a similar thing. Although, like, hoping for that's kind of morbid, right? Because it makes you sad. But at the same time, it's like, it's a great validation of, like, games as art, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to shout out a uh, couple at the end here. Hohokam um, first. Uh, if nothing else, because I, I was doing some um, research after the fact, and I did not know this, but Hohokam, I hope I'm saying that right, is actually an old PlayStation game, um, which is being brought back. I guess it was out on the PS3 and the Vita back when it was first released. But I, I mean, I'm watching the trailer and I don't really know what you do in this game. It looks like you're kind of drawing lines or like guiding a character around and sort of um, it's very colorful. It it almost seems like a like a journey type of game, but except in 2D. Um, yeah. It's got like a very abstract art style super going abstract. on. Yeah, you can almost like, you're like leading characters through different maps and it, it just seems like really colorful and, and crazy. And I don't know if I'm going to play it, but just wanted to shout that out because it is like an old PlayStation game, which is kind of cool. And then lastly, um, What Remains of Edith Finch, everybody? one of the greatest game stories I've ever experienced. And it is getting um, a upgrade in, on the PS5 and Series X running at 60 frames and all that stuff. So if anyone has not played Edith Finch, uh, here's my heavy, heavy recommendation to check it out. It's very short. And, uh, you know, I think it is like the pinnacle of Annapurna storytelling, um, in my opinion. So please check it out. Have you played Edith Finch? You know, started um, Edith Finch. And I was playing it with someone who kind of lost interest, so we never finished it. And I've always meant to go back and, and complete the game because I was very into it <laughs> and did not want to stop playing. Yeah, you should. Um, so, so one day I, one day I will. And you know what? Maybe with this upgrade, this is the perfect time for me to bounce back into it. You should. It's a. You know what? I played that game in one night. I literally like closed the blinds, started the evening. You know, like sat down on the couch and it just it was phenomenal like it's it's one of the best nights you can give yourself if you uh if you sit down and do that so highly recommended um okay let's change topic that was that was uh annapurna showcase honestly pretty damn good if you want to talk about i mean we didn't watch the showcase like we said but there was other stuff in here too we didn't get a chance to talk about and just a you know a, a great little suite of games from a great little publisher uh so everyone go to annapurna some love if you like any of those games but Kate, you've been playing a game a little bit called Multiverses, which is having an absolutely enormous beta launch. Apparently it's, uh, you know, huge concurrence on Steam, you know, puts it, putting it apparently it like beat out Destiny 2, which is pretty insane. And like Rust, uh, which I didn't know people played that still and Warframe. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's, it's like a Smash Bros sort of clone. And we just talked about one of these recently on the show when we played um oh what was that game called that we played nickelodeon all-stars nickelodeon all-stars so um i don't really know much about this i've not played it um i know you can play a shaggy which is pretty awesome and so yeah. um yeah just tell me a bit about multiverses how do you like it are you surprised it's so successful what do you think so multiverses is basically the warner brothers version of super smash bros but unlike the Nickelodeon All-Stars, which is a ton of fun to just kind of play for an evening and have a laugh, this game is genuinely good. So, and the cast is outrageous. Like I played as Wonder Woman was one of my first characters, but then like, yeah, you can be Shaggy from Scooby-Doo and like 
people from Adventure Time is in it. Harley Quinn and Batman are in it. Um, Bugs Bunny. You got Arya Stark from Game of Thrones because apparently Warner <laughs> Brothers owns the, the Game yeah. of Thrones right for, for video games. Um, there's there's tons. The Iron Giant is in it. I see Tom and Jerry um, there too. Tom and Jerry. LeBron James just recently came as the first like added character since the game. Oh, been is out. that that's because of uh, Space Jam, um, right? Jam, exactly. That's hilarious. LeBron James versus Shaggy. I want to play that match so bad. Oh man, there's just all sorts of good stuff here. There's going to be Lord of the Rings characters coming later because, you know, they are associated with Warner Bros. Like the Matrix has got stuff. Like it's just an outrageous, like ridiculous cast of characters. So obviously that's the first draw because it's just, it's silly and goofy. Um, but it's genuinely like a fucking good game. <laughs> to to back that up so it definitely feels weird coming from smash because like you have those ingrained habits from having played since like the n64 days or at least for me but what's neat about this game is it is intended to be a 2v2 game i was gonna ask you about that because a lot of these clones seem to have like weird stipulations around like the rule sets yeah, so you can play 1v1, um, but it's definitely built around being a 2v2. A lot of the characters have moves that are for their allies. So, for example, Wonder Woman, she can, like, dash to an ally and shield them and get rid of any, like, debuffs that they've got on and kind of, like, she's she's supposed to be a tank. And then other characters do various different things as well to help either power up or protect uh, your teammates. So... It's it's kind of neat in that way where like it, it's fun to sort of queue up with a friend and and play some matches. Uh, but like I I'm glad it's doing so well. I think they I think it deserves it. Like it you know it's a funny concept, but they put the work in. One of the other things they've done is they've got like a really good net code for online, which is something that Smash doesn't have. <laughs> right. Um, and even a lot of fighting games don't. But it, it's what the fighting game community has been pushing for a long time is netcode because obviously the connection is is so incredibly important in these kind of games and so from what i've heard multiverses has actually done the the back end hard work and put together a really stable system so, so quest one question for you then like hmm. for me in terms of, like it sounds like the game plays really well and it's got some interesting mm -hmm. sort of mechanics around the characters working together in different classes like that sounds pretty cool um, mm -hmm. my question for you would be like with all the different, <clears throat> um, properties coming into this, you know, like there's like tons of different ones. How well do they characterize each one? Like, do they feel like they're from sort of their own universe coming into this? Or is it more like, you know, characters are just here and they, they don't really have a lot of like themed stages and voice lines and stuff like that? Yeah, I, I think that's the one place where Smash does a little bit. Smash just seems a little more polished in the way of how it brings everything together. Um, this game, I think, is a little less complicated in the movesets as Smash. Um, and I will say, I, I'm maybe not the best person to ask for this because I've only tried out a handful of characters. Like, the game is free to play, which is nice, but that means that you don't have access to every character. Um, you get Wonder Woman, I think, for doing the tutorial, and then there's a, a rotation of which characters are free each week. And then... You just have to like accumulate currency in the game to continue to buy people. So I've only tried out a few characters and a lot of them are from things that I'm just not overly familiar with, such as like the Adventure Time characters. I've never seen the show. Um, 
and I, I tried Shaggy, I guess is the one character <laughs> I'd say. I, I intimately do know Shaggy and he was fun. Um, you know, he throws like a sandwich is, is one of his things and he starts the match out, out holding a sandwich, which is like, you know, cause he's always hungry and totally not high. <laughs> totally not, totally not. Totally not. And I, I think, well, the game is really fun on a technical level. I don't think it has quite the like, as much personality as mash like you look at someone like joker and how they pulled him from persona and even the victory screen is like right out of the game and unless i'm not even missing a lot of things i don't get that same level of like personality out of all of the characters but there definitely are moments that shine through it like tom and jerry are probably my favorite character i haven't played them but like their gimmick is that they're actually trying to beat each other up and they just keep like missing and they'll hit like the opponent That's amazing. because they're they're fighting and so tom will like chuck jerry and that will hurt you because he'll he'll bash into you and so stuff like that like there there's definitely a lot of love and care put into the game but and i think but i think maybe it's just a little unfair to kind of compare all these games to smash because that's like you know the big one that's been in the industry forever yeah, no, that's pretty cool, actually. Like, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised by that, I guess. And I, I, I think, like, the obviously the company behind it is so big and has so much money that they can probably get that back end working really well. Um, I think it's it's a really good thing to have a game like this getting this much support sort of that is a Smash clone. If, if for nothing, no other reason than to, like, break up that monopoly a little bit like you know we love smash like smash is like a goat game right it is so good everyone loves it but at the same time it's like one of the only types of games if you want to classify smash as kind of like its own genre i know it's a fighting game but you know what i mean but there's but like a there's like no competition with that game at all but in terms of like anything that even comes close to being of the same standard so even to have like one other game that potentially could you know, become like not just a niche thing might push whatever the next Smash Bros is to to elevate and like to to innovate a little bit more. You know, it, the competition breeds quality, I think, in some senses. Yeah. So I think that's a really good thing. And I'm happy yeah. to hear you like it. I agree. I think there's there's part of that. And then there's also like they're just different in the sense of like 2v2 being the focus of this one. But I just am excited for an Evo where we see like LeBron James versus the Iron Giant in the finals. (laughs) And then like, you know, LeBron's, he's on the ropes, he's struggling. So he's like, fuck it, I gotta be Arya Stark. That's the only way I can be the Iron Giant. It's the only way. And it's just, it's, how could you not love that? You know, that's one thing like for Smash, like I know there's there's tons of characters, obviously the roster is just ridiculous, but they are all like, you know, game sort of adjacent Mm -hmm. characters. Whereas this being like LeBron James versus Shaggy versus the Iron Giant versus Adventure Time, like the, the, the plethora of like different properties that are available for this is, is something really ridiculous as well on a different level. Warner Brothers owns so much too. And there's like a million things you can pull up. Like, will Harry Potter come to it? Like maybe Ron Weasley will show up. Like, why not? They have the movie, right? So it's just, it's infinite and because it's free to play, like you imagine like the roster is just gonna like infinitely expand. Yeah, they they should put JK Rowling in the game, but give her no attacking moves. So you just beat the shit out of her the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that might, that that's gonna go second on my wish list. I want Oberyn from, from Game Oberyn of Thrones. Oberyn Martell, that would be sweet. Oberyn Martell, that's who I want. Damn, I want the mountain from Game of Thrones. 
Yeah, yeah. That would be Over cool in the mountain could come together as a combo pack, and Damn. they would not work together at all. They hate each other. Uh, one last question for you, just out of interest. <laughs> do you know how much the pricing is? Like, how much do the characters cost if the game is free? Um, I'm not sure to be honest I, I played a couple matches with a friend one night okay. and then i haven't really gone back to it i think they're they're relatively expensive but the characters all cost different amounts so oh, some really? are more expensive than others i don't know how they've necessarily decided that i, want, I hope they're not better than others if they cost more that would be a problem they don't seem to be. i think the balancing is good i think it's just maybe like you know people expect popularity something you know, like that popularity or whatever um and there's also like skins you can get and various other things like that but there's a free rotation, and I think it's just you. You amass point. You seem to amass like a decent amount of points by playing. I felt like I was getting a lot of currency, and there's like daily quests you can do, like you know, play three, win the game as a tank three times, and like you know, get enough like kills from the bottom of the stage um, during the day and whatever. So there's definitely ways to to do it, but I think it's it's tough to tell when you first start out because you always gain currency so fast at mm -hmm, the beginning, mm -hmm. and then it slows down. So yeah interesting stuff though i'm i'm glad that yeah. like i said for the support for the game so yeah i think what i'll i think i'll try to play some more of it and then maybe talk in a little bit more depth on a future episode yeah. of the show that'd be but cool. so far first opinions are are very positive and um it seems like everybody's kind of in the same boat there which is great all right well let's transition to our last story of the day where first impressions were were positive but then maybe got a little bit murky uh, this is, of course, our last story of the day, so it is kind of a lighthearted, um, sort of funny story, um, which is about today, Near Automata, which is a game that people love. It's kind of like, I don't want to say it's like a cult hit because it is very popular, but it's sort of one of those, like, you know, the fan base is really into it and there's this really in-depth story and, you know, you know, there's a lot of modding community, which I didn't know about until this story. Um, but apparently what's happened was, is a few weeks ago, there was um, sort of a door that that someone had noticed online that was open. You could open it going into this church in a, in a location in the game. And, and the, the player base was kind of like, whoa, what the hell? Like, you know, no one noticed this. This game isn't even really new anymore. Like, where is this door? Like, how did no one notice it? And so there was some investigation going on, you know, sort of like a Souls-esque investigation with like a door that, you know, people need to get into. And it, it turns out that this is actually the work of a, a, a modding group. And they did like a really successful job in, in basically creating these modding tools um, for people to, to go in and, and mod near, um, essentially, which is like, obviously it must work really well. The whole community was convinced that like this was a real area. You know, there was, it was like a seamless transition, stuff like that. Um, and so it all came out and it was a, it was a big mod. And, and then, so there's some, some funny quotes around this, which I thought was hilarious, um, from one of the guys who created this mod named Devolus Revenge. I'll just call him DR. Um, but he said, um, towards the end, I figured that most people thought it was a mod. I didn't mean to mislead anybody. People seem to be taking this negatively. He said on the discord, um, and so I just thought that was funny. Like, how did you not mean to mislead people? You posted this video of this door <laughs> and like you didn't say that you were modding it. So like, is that not the definition of misleading people? <laughs> like you let it go for a week, bro. You, you know, like, I, I, you know I, I think maybe the quote there is more like, I, I meant it to be a funny joke and I didn't want to like, you know, disappoint sure, anyone. Sure. Just maybe a better way to have expressed what he meant. <laughs> that is kind of oh why did you believe me no i know where he's coming from it's just it's just funny like the the context yeah but 
Yeah, pretty cool though. And apparently they're releasing the the cool part of this story is that apparently they're releasing the modding tools out sort of into the near community so anyone can sort of take this up and um I just think it's the it's the kind of community where people really care about the lore and they really care about, you know, the secrets and the story and all the implications and all that. And so I feel like it's a great community to get modding tools like this because they're probably going to use it so constructively and like actually build onto the game's world instead of you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with doing the, like some ridiculous stuff too, but you know, other mods are like Thomas the Tank Engine and Resident Evil. Like it's more of a joke, you know, whereas this is like, you know, let's expand a universe that we all love and like create more around it. So I, I just think that's really cool. There's no reason you can't have both. You can expand your universe <laughs> to add Thomas the Tank Engine and his friends. They should have <laughs> just stuck Thomas movie. right behind the door. Like when they open oh that God. modding door. You get, you get closer and you can just hear this breathe, this tiny like choo-choo. Like, what is that? <laughs> you open his top. <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah, this is a cool story. Like Nier's a game I really want to get into because everyone's just so passionate about it. And it's supposed to be one of those games that's like, you think it's one thing and then you get to the end and it just totally recontextualizes the whole game. And then you gotta like go, you gotta play it again, like completely going down the rabbit hole. And I mean, does that sound like something I'd be into? hundred <laughs> percent. Um, yeah, this, this is cool. I might play no mods the first time, you know, get the yeah. real experience and then, you know, Thomas can join me next time. I think so. I, you know, <laughs> I committed the ultimate sim with Nier. I played it when it came out. I actually got it. I think one of my friends actually gave me a, a copy as a gift and I played it through, but it's one of those games where you have to play like multiple times and every, yeah. every time it's like a different experience and sort of something different happens and you're not really at the end once you roll credits for the first time. Mm -hmm. So what did I do? Well, I rolled credits and then didn't go back for any further. You're like, playthroughs. oh, I beat it. Done. Well, I know it's. I knew that there was other playthroughs, but I was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna take a break and kind of come back to this. I'm gonna play something else. Of course, I never yeah. went back to it, but I, I've always meant to because I've just. I mean, you never hear someone who likes Nier talk about it and not be like, this is a mind blowing experience. Like, mm -hmm. um, and so I, I should probably go back and check it out too. Uh, so maybe one day. But anyway, um, I guess that's gonna bring us to the end of the show, Kate. So um, thank you everyone for joining us and we'll be back next week with a regular show. Of course, um, part of that regular show includes an email section at the end. So if you would like to write in with a question or a comment, tell us what your favorite announcement was from the Annapurna Showcase, um, which character are you looking forward to in Multiverses or uh, any other question you want to write in, you can do so at circlesandsquarespod at gmail.com. Um, of course, you can also get in touch with us on Twitter at CNSPod. Um, all the links are below, of course, and we want to just thank everyone who does get in touch and reach out and support the show. Uh, we sincerely appreciate you and we hope you enjoy the content we, we make every week. So um, again, thank you to everyone and take care of yourself. We will see you again next week.